Hello, and welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life podcast. My name is Jim Duke, and I'm the pastor of Olmstead Baptist Church in Olmstead, Kentucky. I'm thankful you're listening and pray it will be a blessing and help to you. Our subject for today is found in Psalm 34, where in verse number 8, the scripture says, Psalm 34, 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Uh, th- this psalm is interesting, and, and indeed, I, I know that you'll find it a blessing to you. It's certainly a blessing to me. And what's also interesting about it is the circumstances uh, under which it, it was written by Brother David and the circumstances surrounding it. And we want to take a look at that. I, I've known that this has been the case, or believe this to be the case, for many years, but just never have taken an opportunity to bring a, a message or a lesson uh, regarding it. So Brother David, he writes here in Psalm 34, 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Taste is an action for us relative to food, isn't it? When we eat something we really, really like, I think the word savor is a good word to bring into this. It comes into play. Uh, and, and to savor, to taste, uh, to savor that favorite dish is a pleasure. You know, we taste many things when we drink water, which, you know, most of us really don't like the taste of water, but we drink it because it's necessary and thankful to the Lord for it. But to savor water, now, if you're very, very thirsty, it's different, isn't it? We, we enjoy the taste and the cooling effect of that. To taste is one thing, to savor is another. And I believe the, the implication here from Brother David is he wants us to savor uh, and he, he declares unto us uh, to, and admonishes us to savor uh, the things of the Lord. He admonishes us to taste, taste that the Lord is good. Also, a word that he uses here is the word see. Uh, and, and you and I have seen many things. Brother David, as we'll see in the context of all this psalm, he had seen some things of the blessings of the Lord. And, and in using the word see, I think that David wants us to remember, as he did, uh, the things that we have witnessed, okay, we've witnessed with our eyes uh, of what our Lord's great goodness uh, is towards us. So to savor that great goodness towards us and to remember, to see. And so uh, let us get into the psalm. Psalm 34, we'll back up to verse number one at the beginning. And, and in, in the canon of Scripture, these notes are included. You've got to watch notes that are found at the ends of passages, uh, namely in the New Testament and such. But the notes that are at the beginning, or we will call them notes, they're part of the Scripture. They're the notation given there about what Brother David uh, and many Psalms intended them, what, what, what uh, tempo to play the song in. Uh, the kind of instrument on which to play it. And here we have this uh, preface uh, to this psalm, a psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. And so that that context there, uh, that connection to an event, I find to be very, very interesting. And so we're going to, Lord willing, delve into that. In verse number one, it goes on to say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And I tell you what, those are some excellent words and an excellent precept that we, the children of God, need to adopt. I will bless the Lord at all times. Now, when we think of the word bless, we think about the blessings of the Lord upon us, what the Lord does for us. And 
we can't do anything to, for the Lord. I mean, he is all-powerful. He is all-knowledgeable. He has, it's all his. He is great, the great God, the Almighty. He is the creator. We're the created. And so when we use the word bless, to bless the Lord, it means to praise him, to glorify him, to extol him, to, to worship him. Uh, and so David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. And good and bad, difficult and wonderful, uh, all of it relative to the skin. That's how we define good and bad. But he says, at, the, at all times, I'm going to bless the Lord. His praise, praise for him, shall continually be in my mouth. It'll be the utterance of my mouth. And so, back to the, the, little, the preface here, before uh, the beginning of David's words, actually, in the psalm, the, a psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he departed. Well, the only account that we have of David changing his behavior is found in, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 21. 1 Samuel chapter 21, we pick it up at verse number 10. And verse number 10 in 1 Samuel 21 says, And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul, and went to Achish, king of Gath. Now we understand from scholars and those that, that have delved in the scripture and bring in the history and such as that, uh, those that are uh, uh, you know, very, very uh, able and understanding of the scriptures, that, that this and, and understanding of history, I think as we can understand, uh, that Abimelech was the king uh, the the king of the Philistines, of Philistia. And so like Abimelech, uh, we understand from scholars, was a title uh, for the kings of the Philistines, just like Pharaoh was a title for the kings in Egypt. Okay, And so when we see here the note and in, in the preface there in, in Psalm 34, verse 1, where David changed his behavior before Abimelech, Okay, and then we come here to 1 Samuel 21. Initially, that would throw us where it says there, Achish, the king of Gath. Well, Achish was his given name, but Abimelech would be his title, we understand from scholars. And so, uh, and, and then also think about this in 1 Samuel 21. What a place to flee. Now, think about that. David fleeing to Gath. Uh, if you if you know anything about the scriptures, uh, you know that really doesn't make sense for him to do that. What a place to which to flee. Goliath City. That's where Goliath and his father and his brothers are all from, the giant that David had defeated some years back. And the thing is, is he has gone to Gath uh, with Goliath's sword. It, it's, and so we'll mention about that here in a minute. It speaks to, us, uh, speaks to us of the very serious and terrible strait in which David finds himself. He is bad off. He's running from Saul, and the best option that he seems to have, and the Lord is helping him, the Lord is protecting him, and the Lord is blessing him indeed, but the best option he has is to go to the enemy and go to the city of one of the greatest enemies of Israel, whom David had defeated, and he goes bearing that Goliath's sword. Um, this passage here in, in uh, 1 Samuel 21, it tells us of the time 
were after uh, D D David having fled from the presence of King Saul, okay, so who wants to kill him earlier in the chapter. We see that in chapter 21 of 1 Samuel. He had gone to the priest, Ahimelech, okay, so different than Abimelech, Ahimelech, and uh, in Nob, the city of Nob, and he got food from him, and he got Goliath's sword. And so you'll find that if you want to read earlier in 1 Samuel 21. Um, but then th this, this portion here, verses 10 through 15, it's also before the time, I think it's important for us to know this, when David in 1 Samuel 22 hides in the cave of Abdullam and his family and 400 of the undesirables of the kingdom of Israel gather themselves unto him and he becomes their captain. And so I want to make mention of that to us to understand the loneliness of David. David is very much alone. He has a few men with him, as we see testified earlier in the chapter in 21, when he goes to Ahimelech the priest uh, for food. They're all very faint. There's young men that are with him there. The scripture bears out. But he is on the run. He has no resources. And the only weapon, it seems, that he's able to have is that sword that, of Goliath that Ahimelech had there in, in the city of Nob. And so he has that. He has very few with him. And he's in this distress that we're going to read about here uh, in verses 15, 10 through 15 in, in 1 Samuel 21. And so... Uh, uh, and, and that is the basis from which Psalm 34 comes. And so I know that that's kind of complicated and confusing possibly, but just to lay it, try to lay it out simply, David is in a great strait. He's running from Saul. Uh, he wasn't even able to take any food. He had to get food from the priest in Nob. He, the, the only weapon that David seems to have is the, the sword of Goliath that was also kept by Ahimelech, the priest there in Nob. And then he's heading here uh, to Achish, uh, king of Gath, okay, also otherwise known as Abimelech in Psalm 34. And he doesn't even have the 400 men trooping with him, nor his family trooping with him. And so he is in a great, great strait, and he has no military strength from the standpoint of a group. It's not until after this passage, at the end of Psalm 20, or 1 Samuel 21, that uh, David has the 400 men, the 400 undesirables from the nation of Israel as his uh, group over which he is a captain. So just want to paint that picture that David is very low on resources, He's very low, low on troop strength. It's just him and a few handful of men. He's got this sword of Goliath, and he goes to Achish, king of Gath. He goes to Gath uh, in this. 1 Samuel 21, verse number 11. And so uh, he goes there to the king. It says, and goes on to say in 1 Samuel 21, 11, And the servants of Achish said unto him, is not this David the king of the land? Okay, so they knew something about uh, Samuel having anointed David as king. Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, which they did, Saul hath slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? And we have that account in the scriptures. It's one of the things that made King Saul jealous. And David had laid up these words in his heart, verse 12, 
and was sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So he's gone there. He didn't see much, uh, there wasn't much consolation of anywhere else in Israel to go. He goes to the city of the enemy. He goes to the city of, of the, the soldier, the champion of the Philistines whom he had killed. Gath is where uh, uh, Goliath is from. And he's bearing his own sword. And he coming to Achish, the servants of Achish, those in his court and those around him say, don't you know who this is? Don't you know what they said about him? I mean, this is the leader. This is the military might of Israel in, in this man here alone. And so it says here, David heard what they said, and he was sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. And listen to what he does. I found this, being in the middle of it, David wouldn't have found it humorous. But in reading it, I, I, I do find it very humorous what David did in this stratagem and dealing with this just weak, weak position, a terrible position. Listen to what it says in verse number 13. And he changed, he, David, changed his behavior before them and feigned himself mad in their hands. He feigned himself, he faked being crazy, and scrabbled on the doors of the gate. He just kind of clawed at them and, 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 and uh, gnawed at them, so to speak, and, 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 and scraped at them, and let his spittle fall down upon his beard. And so he's letting drool come out of his mouth, he feigned himself like he was insane. Then said Achish unto his servants, Lo, you see, the man is mad. And so Achish, he is greatly offended by this. And he said, This man is mad. Um, uh, wherefore then have ye brought him to me? So it, it says here uh, in David, in verse number 10, And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish, king of Gath. And then the servants evidently brought him in once he came to the city, and he desired to see Achish, I guess. Um, he, he, they brought him, because that's what the declaration is, is verse number, verse number 14. You brought him to me. You brought to me this madman. And I, I don't want him to have anything to do with him. Uh, he, he was, and, and David evidently knew and said he, he feigned himself mad in their hands and scrabbled on, uh, scrabbled on the doors of the gate and let his spittle fall down on his beard. It goes on in verse number 15 that Achish says, Have I need of, ma of madmen? I don't need any madmen around me that ye have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence. Shall this fellow come into my house? And so it goes on to tell us in the next chapter that David uh, scoots on out of there and is not destroyed by the Philistines. He's not subdued by the Philistines. I don't know if he was able to get any provision uh, or not, but uh, I mean, it, it would seem to be a sure, sure death uh, for David, uh, being the champion of Israel and being the military uh, leader of Israel as he was, 
it would seem that it would have been just an impossible situation. And again, his weaponry is let is very little, it seems, and he's got the the sword of Goliath. If anybody would rec- recognize that, and I'm sure that they would, and just very few men with him. It says in First Samuel 22 verse 1, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave Adullam. And when his brethren and his father's house heard it, they came down thither to him. So just wanted to, to read that verse to point out he was very, very much alone. And so then we come back to Psalm 34. We kind of, the Lord's laid out and, and, and painted the picture for us regarding David's situation and what he's gone through and what he did uh, that in retrospect is is certainly uh, humorous. Um, but But the... But the Lord blessed it, and and he escaped indeed. In Psalm 34, verse 1, a psalm of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, the king, King Achish there in Philistia, who drove him away, and he departed. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. And having, humanly speaking, such a narrow escape, uh, we can understand why he, could, why he would say that, wouldn't, can't we? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. He is a God of impossibilities, and he delivered me when it was impossible. I had Saul behind me, and I had the enemy and the city of of one of the giants of the Philistines that the Lord blessed me to defeat. I had his city before me. And then when I got in the midst of them, their conversation towards me was impossible. I was no doubt going to be captured. But then the Lord blessed with a stratagem to be able to get away. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. My soul is not going to brag on me. It's not going to brag on my thoughts and my ability, uh, what I think uh, what I am able to do, it's going to make it her boast. My soul is going to make her boast in the Lord. And listen to what he says. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. And, and that's true. Those that are humbled before the Lord, they enjoy the boasting being about the Lord. You know, the proud don't. The proud want the boasting for themselves and their ability. But the humble shall hear of the boast of David in the Lord and shall be glad. And it is, a, it, is a, uh, it is a glad note in the scripture about how the Lord delivered him from such an impossible thing, isn't it? Oh, magnify the Lord, verse 3, with me. So David says, come on in here and, and you magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. He he, he wants to worship and praise the Lord together. He, he, he's like he's waving us in. He says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together to tell that he is great and he is able uh, to deliver and to help us indeed. Verse 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. You remember what I read to you, maybe what you read there and. In verse number 12 of 1 Samuel 21, And David laid these words in his heart and was sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. He was sore afraid. 
You think David was praying right then? I believe that he was. Lord, help me to know what to do. Help me to know what to do. Help me, Lord. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from my fears. You know, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, and it's a blessed verse that tells us the, the truth that all of us need. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he, our Lord God Almighty, is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. David said, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. Do we take our fears to the Lord? Do we try to bear our fears alone? Do we get let them our fears bear, weight us down and, and drive us down? I tell you what, we need to take them to the Lord. Brother David did. He was in a sore, sore strait, and he took his fear unto the Lord. They looked unto him, and and this, who would be the they? I, I think maybe it's the humble in verse number two uh, that we read. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Verse four, they looked unto him, the humble did, and were lightened. Now that word lightened is speaking about being cheerful. And their faces were not ashamed. And indeed, David, when he was leaving out of Gath, don't you figure he had a big old smile on his face once once he had got out of the shadow of the city of Gath? Oh, indeed he did. They looked unto him, the humble did, do, and, and were lightened. They were cheerful, and their faces were not ashamed. Verse 6, listen to this. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. And may we call, may we cry unto our Lord for our need and the need of others. That, that word that, that, that speaks about he, uh, beseeching the Lord for one another, that word that's in the scripture, uh, that word supplication. This poor man cried. David said, I didn't have food, I didn't have much weaponry. I didn't have any military might. I was poor. Anyway, I had not a friend, few friends, those few men with him. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. He said, the angel of the Lord delivered me. He encamps around as, as, as in setting the watch and setting up the perimeter for the defense. The angel of the Lord is able to do that for the children of God, for the poor man that cries unto him. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, that fear, that reverence the Lord, and delivereth them. The angel of the Lord delivereth them. He encampeth and he delivereth. The angel of the Lord, the messenger of the Lord. And our Lord Jesus, the Lord has many angels, and we see that evidence in the scriptures, but our Lord Jesus, there in the days of Israel being delivered out of Egypt, he was the angel of the Lord unto his nation. And he camped around about them, and he camps around about us too, and he's a deliverer of us. And then we come to our text verse. David says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He says, savor it. 
no doubt when they when they got out of uh, gas and got away from Achish and the Lord had delivered him so, he got to the cave of Adullam and his family was gathered to him. Don't you know he was glad to see his family? And then all these undesirables, these undesirables, the 400 of Israel that were just not, they were indebted and they were discontented. They were gathered unto David, and he became a captain over them, and a motley crew it was. Fighting men, many of them fighting men, indeed. Uh, but the Lord blessed him, and the Lord helped him. Old taste and see that the Lord is good. As he looked back on the how how impossible the situation was, he he savored what the Lord had done, and he 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 re- recalled what he had witnessed. Surely they would take him and put him in captivity and maybe even put him to death. But the Lord delivered him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. And indeed, the, the, those that do trust in the Lord are blessed, are touched by God, and are of great, filled with great, the greatest of joy. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. As we've seen recently in Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2, another psalm of David. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. I tell you what, that is a blessed person. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile, no deceit. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He says, savor it what the Lord has done. And remember it and and reflect upon it and meditate upon it that the Lord is good and blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Verse 9 of Psalm 34, O fear the Lord, ye ye his saints, fear him, reverence him, uh, uh, pay homage unto him, for there is no want to them that fear him. And there's, there's not. Uh, we may have physical want. Brother David was blessed in his day to see no physical want of the people of God. There may be physical want. We know in this New Testament age there's been physical want by, and need by the saints. But in regards to eternity, there is no want. In regards to deliverance, there is no want. In regards to the love of the Lord for the children of God, there is no want. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions that are of great power do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. And it's true. It's true. We, we may physically suffer, but in regards to the eternal picture, there is no want, because the Lord has us and we have him. Come ye children, Hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. And so he, he comes to an instructional point here. It's kind of like the words we hear from Brother Solomon, isn't it? He says, come ye children, hearken unto me. I've got experience with the Lord. I, I, I've seen what the Lord is able to do. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, taste and see that the Lord is good. He says, come ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. And he asks this question, What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Uh, who, who is it that doesn't want that? He said, everybody. Everybody wants that. Desiring life. Wants many days. Wants to see good in those days. 
He says, you, you want to see that? He said, you keep your tongue, keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking deceit, guile. He says, depart, verse 14, from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. He says, be, be moral before the Lord. You know, it can. it's kind of been somewhat mis-implied mis, uh, or maybe misconstrued uh, in the minds of some that morality just doesn't matter because, because we, we can't save ourselves by being moral, by being obedient to God's moral law. But, but that's, that's not a reason to not be moral. We need to be moral. We need to do good. David's not going to leave him, uh, leave us just uh, with this declaration of being moral before the Lord. But the fear of the Lord is to be obedient to him, and he's given us much, uh, much moral instruction that we need to keep. He says, depart from evil, do good, seek peace, pursue it, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. He says here in verse number 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. That's what the Lord will ultimately do to the evil, the unrepentant, the unbelieving, the self-willed. He says in verse 17, the righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. And listen to what he says. He, he, David is not preaching a, a work salvation, but we do need to be moral people. We should always pursue morality. We should teach our children morality. And just because morality won't save us doesn't mean that we shouldn't be uh, the good citizen, the good... Uh, obedient to God's moral law that he has given us. We should, because listen to what he says. The Lord is nigh near unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. You know you know what? Obeying the Lord and seeing what his law says and, and looking to be moral does for us, it shows us that in the end we cannot be, that we're sinners and we've transgressed God's law. And we're guilty before him. And we need help with that. We need a payment. We need a sacrifice. And the Lord is near to those that are of broken heart. And he saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. He saves the repentant. As is told over and over and over in the scripture. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. And his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. He will do so. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. One way or the other, he will deliver us. He is able to deliver us. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. That's what word contrite is another word for broken. Repentant before him many are the afflictions verse 19 of the righteous but the lord delivereth him out of them all out of out of them all he keepeth his bones and none of them is broken evil shall slay the wicked and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate 
The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. And so David says, do right, do right, do right. Obey the Lord. Put away sin from you and, and bring to you obedience to the Lord. But repentance is what the Lord honoreth. The repentance and, and trust in him is what the Lord has commanded and what the Lord acknowledges in sinners. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Have you repented before the Lord? You need to. That's the command of the Lord unto you. Repent and believe and trust in him. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. You will be desolate without faith in the Lord. But by repentance and faith, sinners like you and I are saved. And our Lord is pleasure. It's his good pleasure for that to be the way that it is. And may we, may each one come to him in repentance and faith. And understand, for a child of God, Brother David testifies it in the things that the Lord gives him to write, that a life that begins with repentance and faith is a life that continues on. In repentance and faith. Brother David says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, Brother David, he was in a terrible, terrible strait, wasn't he? Saul at his back, chasing after him, wanting to kill him. The only option was, and the way that he ran was to uh, go into Gath with Goliath's sword. Uh, to the king of the Philistines with a few men and no supplies and very little mil military might. They recognized David and his, the Achish's servants did, Abimelech's servants did, and they, they were laying the groundwork for them to take David and keep him in hold and ultimately put him to death, no doubt. But the Lord blessed him, and the Lord blessed him that he would be able to escape. And David, as he thinks back on that, as he savors the working of the Lord and the impossible, as he sees and thinks about and meditates of the things that he witnessed of the Lord working in an impossible situation, he says to us, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. May we savor in heart and mind May we meditate on our Lord and his great goodness towards us and to remember, as Brother David did, the things we have witnessed of our Lord's great goodness towards us. If you're under the listening to my voice and you're not saved, we point you to our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the Savior that you need. Repent of your sins and believe and trust in him. That's the command of the Lord to you. The Lord never has commanded a sinner to save himself. Oh, salvation is found in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are told to flee to him. But Jesus is the Savior. He's the one that saves. He's the one that forgives sins. And what you and I are commanded to do is repent of our sins before God and believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. His death, his burial, his resurrection for the salvation of your soul. He is the Savior, the only Savior, and the Savior uh, that you need. We point you to him. And may we, as the children of God, may we, Taste and see that our Lord is good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your good word. We thank you for this testimony of Brother David. And 
And Lord, uh, what, what a blessing it is to hear from him about, from your word, what you did for him. And Lord, help us to be mindful of that you will, and remember always that you're the God of impossibilities. When, when we just have nowhere to turn and no, no, nothing that we can do, Father, help us that we would never forget you from the beginning of a thing that seems easy to a thing that seems impossible, that we would always be mindful of you and desire your working in it. Lord, that we would taste and see that you are good. We would think about and meditate upon your goodness towards us, and we would testify to others of your greatness and your power. Bless your word to our hearts, Father, and again, thank you for this time. We pray and ask it all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. If you'd like to listen to other messages from God's Word, I want to take this opportunity to invite you to our church's website at almsteadbaptistchurch.org. That's O-L-M-S-T-E-A-D, baptistchurch.org. We're under the Media tab. You'll find recordings of our local radio broadcast. You may also visit our baptistarchive.com website. That's baptistarchive.com, all one word, baptistarchive.com. And in that, that, that website, we have hundreds of messages brought by many Baptist preachers over the years, along with myself. Thank you for listening. I look forward to the next time when we can look into our Lord's Word together on the Wonderful Words of Life podcast.